Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're your everyday couple stumbling through a plant-based keto lifestyle. Join us as we document and talk about our struggles and uh, find new ways to overcome challenges within this, uh, this uh, diet. Before we get started, if you are thinking about making a change, please consult an expert. Uh, to make sure that this is a journey that you should go down. With that said, let's get started. Yeah, so this week, with a holiday sort of on the horizon, I guess it's still a few more weeks, um, we were talking about what do you do when you show up for a meal and there's no vegan choices. Mm -hmm. Specifically, this came about not so much during the holidays, but we did um, a grocery order mm -hmm. <laughs> where they deliver it to your house and we got our stuff plus a bag of someone else's and Unfortunately, that bag of other other people's food was um, like deli meats and seafood, stuff that we would never eat or we don't eat anymore, rather. Um, and we obviously tried to return it, but once it's in our house, it's considered contaminated. So we sort of had this moral dilemma of what do we do with it now? It's here. It's already been bought. It's it's already been made. What do we do with it? And then obviously we started to talk about how with the holidays coming, that's definitely a reality that some people might find themselves into. And it's it's quite an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think what's interesting about it is, is you know, obviously we weren't intending to have something like that mm -hmm. delivered to our house, but you know, groceries get mixed up. It is the nature of of having your groceries delivered, and in today's time, you know, donating it and things like that, depending on what it is, yeah. is a little bit trickier. If it was a non-perishable, like you know, I guess like canned tuna fish or things like that, yeah. then yeah, definitely our soups and things that we normally can't eat then. It would be like a donate situation, but yeah. you know, I think one of the the big dilemmas is what do you do with it, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think that this is really kind of an interesting case study in level of commitment to to this. And at the end of the day, you know, a good conversation that we had about that before we get kind of into what do you do when you're in these situations, the the food was delivered. It's already been made. It's already mm -hmm. been processed, right? It that unfortunate animal has you know mm -hmm. it's happened so just throwing it out seems almost just as bad as eating it and what what do you do and that that's really more of a a decision that is a personal decision from a standpoint of how you feel and how you approach those situations so yeah and that was kind of our thinking right mm -hmm. of it's here we can't donate it it's fresh it's also not fully sealed because it's from sort of a deli so it comes in a somewhat mm -hmm. ziploc style bag but it's not fully sealed so even giving to neighbors we don't really know our neighbors right? feel like it was sufficiently sealed to be giving it to a neighbor safely and not just adding to their stress right mm -hmm. it was fresh it was something that we had to sort of decide on relatively quickly um, and it wasn't donation wasn't a possibility we thought to do safely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I said, it kind of opens up this idea of what happens, mm -hmm. you know, this was a, just by case accident, mm -hmm. it, it, extra groceries delivered, you know, we handled it the way we thought was best and we kind of moved on from there, but really thinking what happens when you get to a holiday party or, you know, a office party or something like that, you know, sometimes you don't want to be at, I know from, from past experiences, you don't want to be overly vocal that you're mm -hmm. a vegan, which is, uh, I would say, kind of a detriment in some ways. You should be proud of, of the choices that you've made. But I think when you have an office of 30 or 40 people and they're catering, they feel like they're catering to just one person, people get a little weird about it. And not necessarily in that like, they don't support it as much as it's like every restaurant, everything like has to be ran past you and all these different things. And it just gets... 
you know, it's almost, uh, I got to the point where it's order whatever you want. If there's something I can eat, I'll eat it. If not, I'll do my own thing because it does get kind of annoying. For sure. And I would say as someone who is a vegetarian for a long time, but is also allergic to milk, to dairy, you know, usually the vegetarian option is like cheese pasta, right? <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really work when you're, uh, you can't have dairy. So I definitely for years have similarly taken that stance of, I'll figure something out. I think it's very different though when it's an allergy versus a food choice. Mm -hmm. um, an allergy is I know this will negatively impact me and I know the timeline of how long it will <laughs> negatively impact me versus I'm uncomfortable with that. I think I'm not saying one is more valid than the other. I think they're both valid, mm -hmm. but I think it is just a slightly different perspective. But yeah, I think it does come down to like what you're comfortable with. I know we have friends as well, um, some good childhood friends who are vegetarians, but don't expect anyone to cook vegetarian food for them. So they're sort of vegetarian, but know that one particular friend of my brother's loves the way that my mom cooks lamb. So would almost in a way ask for lamb to be cooked, even though he was a vegetarian, because it's he, he didn't want to ask my parents to do anything out of the ordinary. So he kind of took that opportunity to eat something he wouldn't normally. Yeah, so I think, you know, kind of thinking about your, your first option, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you said, eat, you know, eat yeah, it, this is what's served. This is what someone has, has made for you and, and kind of go for that. And, you know, maybe have that conversation after the fact mm -hmm. of, you know, normally I don't do this or don't eat in general. You know, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, one of the things is we tend to surround ourselves with like-minded people. And sometimes that can be a bit of a detriment because in today's kind of social world, we kind of bubble ourselves off into our unique niche and we don't, you know, get the opportunity to talk to people outside of that niche. So I think it's important of having the conversation and realistically maybe, you know, reaching out to the person individually and saying, Hey, you know, I know that you're doing a holiday meal. Holiday mm -hmm. meals tend to be very spread with a lot more animal products. And even the, the side dishes tend to have Dude. butter or, yeah. you know, some kind of gravy that goes along with it. That's so true. even like just hoping that you can get there and eat a side of, of vegetables, <laughs> which is another option that we'll, we'll go into in a second, uh, might not be, you know, actually available. So it might be something where, you know, we've, we've reached out to people before and said, you know, what can we bring? Uh, there's things that, you know, the, uh, the nut roast. Um, yeah. There's lots of like frozen options. So you can even like drop it to their house a couple of days before. I think for us, the last couple of years as well, what the stance we've taken is particularly with family and it's so much easier with family. Like you guys cook what you want to do. And what we'll do is either cook the whole meal and you guys can kind of will tailor the tastes to what you guys interest or you guys cook your meal and then we'll include something that's will bring something that we can eat so mm -hmm. sort of just asking for those details and I think that's always a good way to sort of preface you're not saying you're not calling ahead and saying oh what are you cooking I can't eat any of that and sort of sometimes people feel the judgment but asking oh what are you cooking I'll bring a couple things to add on that I can still eat. And so you're not judging them. You're not telling them, no, don't do this because they're entitled to eat what they want for holidays as well, right? We can't mm -hmm. dictate everybody's choices, but it does allow you to still support them. You can sort of get a feel of, okay, there will be nothing. So I might as well eat a full meal before and I'll just bring a few smaller things. Or, or maybe they've already included a few things that you can eat and, you know, maybe just bring in like a nut roast or um, like tofurkey sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
to supplement. Yeah. So with that, it kind of segues into if you're not planning on bringing or having that discussion, mm-hmm. you know, hoping that there's, you know, some like raw bro- broccoli on like right. a broccoli carrot tray that you can uh, munch through while you're at the either their, their party or while you're having having dinner. Um, like I said, the, the issue that you might run into is most dishes, if not specified mm-hmm. for a vegan diet, tend to have some kind of animal products and it be butter or gravy or yeah. um, other things like that. So I think that, you know, hoping without having a conversation or your friends or these people mm-hmm. or where you're going, understanding that you have this dietary restriction uh, from, a, from a personal belief you know, you run the risk of getting there and there just not being anything. And yeah. I think that this presents a weird case in the idea of you're showing up and it almost feels like to the host or to whoever's cooking that you're demanding that they make something. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you want to be careful because realistically, there's a lot of people who have kind of turned their eye to the idea of, of eating meat and it not being that bad. So they've kind of come to terms with that. Whereas most people that have made a conscious decision to stop eating all animal products, generally it's a environmental standpoint and an animal welfare, right? So I think that you, sometimes people in the holidays are not ready to have those conversations if they're ever ready to have those conversations, to be honest. So I think you don't want to be that like, I guess, stereotypical vegan of saying, hey, you need to change for me and you're doing everything wrong, which when you run the risk of showing up and hoping that there's something there and there is nothing there uh, it becomes a bigger ordeal than maybe i agree i think a lot of people take the stance of like they just want to enjoy their holidays especially foods of tradition for them it's a change that a lot of people just want to enjoy their their tradition and the norm i think this year more than ever right um people will want to just enjoy the holidays remember the like the good memories they have with it so sometimes it is a difficult conversation and i think that's one as well where you know, eating a side of raw broccoli, right? Sometimes people, it's, you are adapting. And I think I've always found this when, you know, dairy's on the side. I feel like doing that sometimes annoys people, mm-hmm. right? Of like, just just eat it, you'll be fine. And obviously with like dairy, it's a lot easier to hold your ground and say, no, I won't be fine. It's an allergy. <laughs> I am not going to cave on this. But with meat, you know, we don't have an allergy to meat as such so i do see people's stance of you know just eat it it'll won't kill you or anything i agree though for us it is a uh, environmental stance and an animal welfare stance and so it does feel like we shouldn't be forced into doing that Mm -hmm. and i think again you know sort of the third option sometimes is just not to eat anything right there's nothing there not to eat anything but again i think it people sometimes hosting might take that personally Mm -hmm. And so it's, especially if it's a family meal or a friend meal, I think going with the first one of having that conversation, it does seem a little extra to call them beforehand, but it definitely prevents any hurt feelings in the moment. If they've spent the last two days prepping everything, making sure everything's right, and you get there and you're like, "Mm, I can't eat anything, it does, it can sting. And I Mm -hmm. could see they're very justified in being hurt and being upset in that. So I think having that conversation is difficult as it is it is a bit easier. And then you can bring something and you're contributing and, and supporting rather than just telling them what to do. In kind of conclusion, it it really comes down to your choice. And for you, dairy is obviously an allergy. So we pretty much have a hard stance on, on what you can and can't do with that. Uh, from a standpoint of not eating animal products, 
obviously that's a um, personal choice for, for us. So it's really having a, you know, what level are we, com are we committed to that and how do we stand our ground? I think what the most important thing is, is nobody ever has a conversation about it, right? It's always a show up. This is what's going on. You need to cater to me or you need to cook an extra this because mm -hmm. I am, you know, eating a vegan diet. Whereas I think, you know, it's family, it's friends, right? They should one uh, probably have an idea that you are eating a vegan diet or, mm -hmm. or participating in a vegan lifestyle. And two, having that conversation a couple of weeks before, if you know, you always go over to Aunt Sally's house on Thanksgiving every year, right? It's, it's tradition, you know, it's coming. So it's easy to reach out to Aunt Sally and have those conversations way ahead of time to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So you're not putting anybody on the spot. You're not ruining all the effort that they've put into it. And you're still able to be there and enjoy a part of the meal. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think for family, it's not out of the realm of expectation. I think when it comes to like a work outing or a work thing, they are budgeting sort of base per employee. And so you are part of that group. I think it's perfectly normal to reach out to the group who organizes it and say like, hey, I have no worries about where we're going. Just make sure that there is a vegan option or if they're getting catering. Catering companies know how to do vegan meals really well. They're used to it. It's not impossible. Um, so I think, again, just having that conversation early enough so that it's it's not a surprise the mm -hmm. day before, but just saying, this is what I'm comfortable with, this is what I'd like. And then you've asked, and if there isn't accommodations for it, then, you know, have your plate of raw veggies and know next year you'll have to bring something, right? Yeah. Or pack a few cereal bars mm -hmm. in the car for your, <laughs> when that you leave. Swing by Chipotle on the <laughs> way home and, and grab some sofritas and in a burrito. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always different ways that you can mm -hmm. get around it. And one of the, uh, just kind of an easy thing to do when we travel, we always have a like vegan protein bars mm -hmm. that we keep in our bags just in case you're not all, especially airport food. Um, not right now, obviously with nobody traveling, but generally it's yeah. not very catered to a, a vegan diet as much as it might be a vegetarian diet if you're, you yeah. might get lucky. So I think that that's something that, that we always do whenever we travel or we're out and about just to be on the safe side so that we don't get angry or... But is it worth it this week? We thought we'd move away from food products. I'm sure you guys love hearing about treats, but we definitely are doing a lot of sweet treats. And so <laughs> we thought we'd try a few other things. So we thought we'd share um, packagefreeshop.com. It's an online shop where you can buy products from lots of different companies, but obviously their focus, as the name says, is package-free. We specifically have bought um, some vegan cruelty-free products from them, but they're a great website to sort of buy things that you know are more on the eco-friendly side. We've discussed in the past companies like Lush mm -hmm. um, as a good entry into the kind of the vegan products, uh, shampoos and conditioners and lotions and things like that. But there is a whole myriad of, of companies that make things. And sometimes it's really hard to just, you know, type into Google, you know, vegan cruelty-free lotion, and you're, you're going to get all sorts of things. So I think what's really cool about Package Free as, as a company is they really curate products and they kind of have a, a rigorous standard for what products can and can't be on their, on their site. And so one of the things that we are that we kind of have found that we got through them and we wanted to try because it has been quite an issue actually finding is a vegan cruelty-free sunscreen. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a few that we've, that you can get from your bigger retailers, uh, like target, there's like one or two that they have, but mm -hmm. we really wanted something that we could travel with, which is a whole nother dilemma when it comes to things, obviously hindsight 2020, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't really think it was, it, we didn't realize that this was going to be the case for 2020, but in the future, you know, we really want to make sure that we have something that is sustainable. It comes in a sustainable packaging mm -hmm. and it travels well. So we actually, um, in the first order from package free, I ordered a sunblock or sun lotion, sunscreen, and it's in a tin. It's a hard, it's a hard form, not a lotion form. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't, I don't know. It's like waxy form. I yeah. would say you definitely have to give it some time to like work it a out of the tin and then be onto your skin. <laughs> Which is cool because being in the tin, it's not very big. It travels really easily. Um, and it's not a liquid, which is also a benefit. But I think, it, you know, so far I'm trying it. Definitely, you can tell it's not your normal sunscreen when putting it on. It really, I think, does kind of have lend itself to be a little bit pastier at, at the beginning. Once you get it worked in, it doesn't really seem to, to be noticeable. Yeah, it has more of that like old school zinc sunblock where it was quite thick. It... You know, it definitely takes a bit of time to um, sink into your skin. You can sort of, I feel like, wear quite a few shades paler when you first put it on because it, it's not a lotion. As you said, it's more of that paste, waxy um, sort of consistency. And if you're looking for a lotion, they have added lotion scents. We mm -hmm. did our order. Um, but we definitely think that this, uh, at $19 per tin, mm -hmm. uh, I definitely think it's a, a good value. And it's definitely, you know, one of the things sun is out there, right? You know, mm -hmm. eventually we will be outside again and having something that fits within our ethos and, you know, meets that criteria for being a sunblock. I definitely think that this is a, is a good, good grab. If not, you can definitely check out Package Free at their website and mm -hmm. they have a whole bunch of stuff that I'm sure we'll unpack some sometime soon. Yeah, they have soaps, shampoo bars, toothpaste tabs, reusable razors, period products, clothing, bedding kit stuff, lots of stuff. And it seems like they're constantly adding more. So definitely it's one to watch for more and more stuff that you can trust, like you said, is on the more eco-friendly side. Yeah, I would recommend it. I think the one thing I would say, as it is more of that old style, or I would call it like sailing sunblock. That's what I always associated <laughs> with. Um, You know, the like zinc that you would just put on your nose when you're out sailing. I think it's definitely worth it. I would say if you had kids or needed sunblock that needed to go on a bit quicker, it's maybe not the best choice, right? It's definitely one where it's not got a fruity smell. It's not a thick lotion that you can spray on, right? A lot of the mm -hmm. sunblocks I use cans and you can spray them on. It's not that, right? It's not appealing to kids. So maybe if you had kids, it's not the best. But for us, it's it's great. And like you said, we really have been pushing to try and have more and more solid products that we can have in tins. So it doesn't matter if they're in our carry-on or our check bag. It sort of just goes everywhere with us and we're not worried. I do. I love the size. I love the tin. And I think a lot of the companies, particularly the ones we have, like you can send the tins back and they'll recycle them, which is a huge thing for us. We love to be able to do that and know that we're not just dumping it into a landfill. Yeah, definitely worth it. I will drop a link to Package Free in the description if you are interested in checking them out. Like I said, they have all all sorts of different things, and 
when we first got started, one of the biggest things that we noticed that we needed to switch when it came to being more eco-conscious was a lot of the bathroom products. So this is definitely another good option uh, comparatively to other, other things that we've recommended in the past to really get started. And one cool tidbit before we kind of move to, to wins, fails, and adjustments is they also offer packages where uh, it's a fixed price and it comes with all the stuff that you would need to kind of kickstart your daily lunch uh, stuff or your daily bathroom habits. So uh, those are always a great way to really just kind of, instead of having to buy one-off products here and there until you get there, you can just kind of jump in full force and really get the, that, that aspect of your life uh, more eco-conscious. For this week, wins, fails, and adjustments are pretty similar to what we've been doing the last few weeks. Um, when We've really been enjoying our tracking. We're sort of very slowly going down, but very slow, slowly being the operative way. Mm-hmm. And we're enjoying not being so obsessive over each thing that we're eating. Um, with everything that's going on, it's just been a lot easier to focus on getting up for walks and getting our work done rather than adding that to our workload. So that's been our win. Definitely enjoying that, enjoying the sort of freedom that gives for our mental health. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh- I think for fails, we don't really have any fails and we haven't done any adjustments other than we've kind of taken back on tracking. Now that doesn't mean that we're not being serious when it comes to what we're eating. Mm -hmm. We have done enough tracking with a lot of the recipes that we, we know the go-tos, we know about how many carbs they were. It's maybe not as accurate as if we were tracking per se, but Mm -hmm. we've got a pretty good handle in my opinion, because we're using a lot of our go-to recipes anyway so yeah we're not suddenly adding new things and just guessing the carbs we definitely are using products we're familiar with we know the carbs we know that normally we'd have to pair it with this sort of thing or that sort of thing to balance it out so we're just sort of going more on intuition and and like you said the year and a half of doing keto so far yeah pretty straightforward on that one uh thank you so much for joining uh we look forward to seeing you next week with another episode with some really fun uh facts and products and things like that as we've been doing uh, if you are interested in seeing beautiful pictures and uh, or recipes, you can find us at Consume for Good, uh, either online or on Instagram. And uh, yeah, see you next week.